Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard Hello. who loved writing stories. Oh, this is brilliant. Young Howard wrote many stories and scripts. Mr. Quackers was on his magic toilet. But then one day, he grew up and discovered alcohol and laziness. So he put his writing in the attic and forgot about it. Twenty years later, Howard found his old stories and persuaded his lifelong friend Rufus to read them. Join Rufus and Howard as they embark on a mission to read everything he wrote from the age of five until now in The Worst Writer in the World. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat to to every night But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah Woman of a no, woman of a no Worst writer in the world Worst writer in the world Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and my pointy-headed friend, Howard Long. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show, to all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for making possible this show, and thanks to you for listening to this show. Mm. This week we're starting a Doctor Who story written by Howard when he was a young, young, tiny, tiny teenager, Mm. which we have released before on the Man by Cow podcast called Siege. Mm. But this is a brand new extended six-episode version with lots of new extra and extended bits, all building up to a brand new ending written by me, so new, in fact, that I haven't even written it yet. <laughs> I haven't even started, but don't worry, I've got a few weeks yeah. to get on it. All right, let's get started, shall we, Howard? Yes, please. Right, so we're about to get started with this new story, but I should explain that the first thing we're going to do is we're going to read the synopsis of an earlier draft of this story. <clears throat> it has a lot in common, a lot of similarities, but there's one major difference, that in this synopsis, it's about Cybermen. Yeah. But in the actual story, Howard has decided, no, Cybermen are stupid. I'm going to make my own villains. Yeah, right? and Cybermen are men, and I'm a big feminist, so I'm going to make my own villains. <laughs> okay, so let's get started with that, shall we? Yes, please. Earth, 1990. Wow. Yeah. Uh, There was nothing strange about the death of Mr. Jones. Obviously, whilst listening to his music, he had slipped and banged his head on the table. (laughs) But there was no sign of blood on the table's corner. The truth, though, was very sinister, for behind the death of the inferior human, Mr. Jones, was a plot wipe out the entire human race. Wow. A plot wipe out the entire human race. And you're going to like this, because we've just been talking about how brilliant these Doctor Who villains are. (laughs) The, underlined, Cybermen, Mm. uh, skilled in cybernetics, have made thousands of everyday appliances into killing machines. Hair dryers, (gasps) spitfire, exploding lamps. Spitfires? planes? No, 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 two words. Hair dryers, spitfire. Oh, hair dryers, spitfire. Yeah, yeah. Fridges, spit ice. Yeah. Exploding lamps. <laughs> this is like a man by cow advert. Is, yeah. Tape players that strike people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
thought they'd run out of good ideas after hairdryers <laughs> spitting fire. <laughs> Telephones that emit deathly sound waves. Ah, and good. worst of all, the Cybermen's main weapon, the television. The main part of their plan, yeah. which will hypnotise the many viewers, causing them to commit suicide. Uh, after having a near death from an electric kettle. <laughs> it's a it wonderful a, a fortune telling kettle or is it a regular no, kettle? No, after having a near death from an electric <laughs> kettle and being trapped inside a computer game for a while, mm. he decides to get to the bottom of things. That's a very throwaway, <laughs> very detailed plot point, isn't it? After, after having a near death from an electric kettle and being trapped inside a computer <laughs> game for a while, he decides to get to the bottom of things. Oh the doctor discovers he. Who's that? Is he the Doctor? Okay. I guess so. The doc- this is the first mention of his name. Well, the, two, the program's called Doctor O. It's not called... Yeah, but you don't use a pronoun like that. Don't you? you don't say he. In a, in a program that's got many male characters, you just don't go on uh, he without establishing who that he is. <laughs> uh, the Doctor discovers that the Cybermen are at work. <laughs> so he goes to their we office. We come from a land down Telos. <laughs> it's a joke for anyone that watches Doctor Who there. Yeah, yeah, and knows that song. Song, yeah. Uh, the Doctor discovers that Cybermen are at work. Uh, and discovers their plan. When he attempts to destroy the Cybermen's TV transmitter, he is caught and is about to be destroyed when he is saved by his companion. (laughs) The Doctor and co. escape the Cybermen and head for the great TV satellite in the TARDIS. Do you think that, like, um, by that by co- calling my companion Co, I was being very forward-thinking because Co is supposed to be a terminology instead of male or female. They were hoping to introduce the word Co really? instead of him or her, and because I didn't know who the companion would be at the time yeah. that this was filmed. This is you being yeah. um, using uh, non-gender-specific pronouns. Quickly, Co, you've got to come over here with me, Sylvester McCoy. Do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Co, Co. <laughs> Evil since the dawn of time, cool. It's like weird. It was, Sylvester it was McCoy when, uh, got worse. It was weird when Billy Connolly started playing <laughs> Sylvester McCoy, <laughs> wasn't it? That was a weird <laughs> era. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, because ukulele out. <laughs> they managed to stop all broadcasting so that the Cybermen's plan fails. The Doctor then directs the TV signal at the Cybermen's hideout. Mm. So uh, Mark Gatiss, of course, stole this script yeah. and did his own one, which was uh, well, which was totally different. <laughs> Nothing to do with that script whatsoever. Well, it had TVs, but it didn't have Cybermen in it. Okay, didn't so have it had like, TVs in it. Didn't have the doc, doc, the Doctor who getting hit by a kettle and living in a, in a <laughs> in Tetris for a, for a while. <laughs> Shitting hell. Why do these bricks keep falling on my head? <laughs> All right. So now uh, we've done the synopsis. It's time to get started with the actual script. Hooray! We see an alien craft drifting through space. We move closer. Who's we? And closer. Me and you. To a viewing. So we're in it. (laughs) Brilliant. Rufus and Howard float through space. (laughs) They see an alien craft drifting through space. They move closer and closer, up to a viewing screen and into the spaceship. We see about four extremely human-looking beings. Humans? (laughs) (laughs) Those beings look very human. No, no. I wonder where they're from. What's the name of their race? Extremely human-looking beings. (laughs) (laughs) They look at humans a lot. All working at computer consoles, they are the Aranthan... Aranthrans. 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 They have an evil stare. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's take the lift, Leela. (laughs) 
Don't go up there. Most of those stairs are fine, but there is one. There is one. You cannot trust. It's evil. Yes. Is it? Is it the red one, Doctor Who? <laughs> no, no. That is the surprising thing. Um, that's all it says. I mean, that's at the end of like, it's in brackets. It's that the stage direction. It tells you that we move like it gives actual stage direction. Then it says like we move in human-looking beings working at computer go- uh, consoles. They are the Aranthrans. They have an evil stage. <laughs> <laughs> the, the end. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, good. <laughs> computer. Planet located. Correct oxygen. Hydrogen. Damage to space entrail layer. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing that cannot be repaired. Just, they've got a damage to their space entrail layer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing they probably can't land in their people <laughs> no, they, they probably should, because that's the only way you're going to fix that. Yeah, the, the space entrail layer. Mm. Aranthra A. A planet has been found at last. After all these millenniums, <laughs> we have. Tri- <laughs> That's the plural of millenniums. Yeah. Millennia. Millenniums. Millenniums. We have drifted on endlessly. Is it inhabited? Thousands of different. Oh, earth, air, and water creatures to be found. Mm. Any intelligent life forms? That's Aranthra B. Okay. Three intelligent life forms: dolphins, sea creatures, harmless. Oh, they're, they're not three things. <laughs> Right, that's about the dolphins. I thought those were the three creatures. One, dolphins. Two, sea creatures. Three, harmless. No, firstly, dolphins, sea creatures, harmless. Okay, right. Monkey forms. Monkey forms. <laughs> monkey forms. That's what they are. That's monkey forms. <laughs> Alright, so we've got dolphins and monkey forms yeah. so far. Monkey forms. What it says about monkey forms is ape. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, no, hang on. Monkey forms, ape, chimp, gorilla. Three main intelligent life forms, one of which is ape, chimp, and gorilla. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Monkey forms. Yeah. One intelligent life form. Monkey form. (laughs) Ape, chimp, gorilla. (laughs) (laughs) Others, Others also to be found. Tree creatures. Tree creatures? No, they are. We're still talking about the monkey forms. Oh, right. There's ape, chimp, gorilla. (laughs) It's not Earth, then. No, no. Tree, Tree creatures. Um, ape, chimp, gorilla, and others also to be found. Tree creatures, harmless, and human beings. What? Uh, I think maybe these are talking about Earth. Okay. Um, I think he's describing. It's like aliens arriving on Earth and finding out if it's inhabitable. I'm guessing. Right. Uh, yeah, and so they found yeah, yeah. three intelligent life forms: yeah. dolphins, monkey forms, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and humans. Humans are human a mon- beings. Humans are a monkey form, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they okay. are. But, but well, no. Not, I mean, you you make an immediate mistake. You say monkey forms, apes. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah, and apes are definitely monkeys. So. Yeah, and so are humans, all yeah. hanging, swinging around in trees with yeah. tails. Yeah. Um, human beings, biped forms, like that of our race, travel in air, water, and on land can be very dangerous. Oh. Yeah, that's that's what you need to know about humans. They travel in air <laughs> and water. They're amazing. Uh, Aranthra C. So there's three Aranthras. Aranthrans. They will not like us stealing this planet. They're going to steal the planet. Oh, wow. They must be annihilated. Well, if they do it without them noticing, they'll be fine, won't they? Fucking hell, is Aranthra D coming up? They get one line each. (laughs) All right? Uh, Why can't just one character say this? Computer. Because there's four of them and they've got an evil stare. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember that much. One character with an evil stare would be <laughs> fine. We are we are not armed, therefore I shall compute a logical plan. That's mm. a good good thank you, computer. Not not like usual when I yeah. compute an illogical plan. Uh, Aranthra D. Good. I shall now inform Lady Amantha. <laughs> a Lady Amantha of the Aranthras. Yeah. Good for her. So we just met the Aranthrans. Mm-hmm. They're in their spaceship. Mm-hmm. They've scanned Earth and found it suitable for their needs, whatever those needs <laughs> might be. And the reason they found it suitable is because it only has three intelligent life forms. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, as we know, are dolphins... Mm-hmm. Monkey forms. Monkey forms. And the examples of monkey forms are three things which are not monkeys. And the first one is apes, which is not only not a monkey, but it's a whole different class of thing. So monkey forms, number one, apes, (laughs) chimpanzees and gorillas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's brilliant. It's amazing. Mm. And the third intelligent life form is another ape, which is human beings. But we only got, like, bronze medal in that (laughs) Aranthran competition for who's the most intelligent on this planet. Weird, right? We came after monkey form apes. Yeah. (laughs) All those apes going around inventing cars and (laughs) curing curing cancer. That's how you evaluate intelligence. Have you invented a car? (laughs) No. Okay, you're stupid. (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> let's get let's 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 see what's going on now, shall we? Yes, please. We see the interior of the TARDIS. The Doctor is lying under the main control console and is obviously trying to repair something. Obviously, or dead. His companion, to be called John, mm. is watching from above. Uh, the console is rising and falling. John. All right, I'm go- I'm sorry. Jamie, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Doctor, <laughs> what does this chameleon circuit do exactly? Well, John, <laughs> it is quite amazing, really. If it works, that is. Yeah. Yes, very interesting. But you still haven't told me what it does. <laughs> well, it adopts the shape of the exterior of the TARDIS to match its surroundings. Adopts it. Or it adopts, yes, it adopts, not adapts. Oh, that explains why it has the word, word chameleon in it. Oh, yeah. Because it acts like one. Mm. A bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, daughter, it does completely. Not a bit. Uh, yeah. I was very glad that I like wrote dialogue that would be really useful to the makers of Doctor Who. Hoping to get this made, I'll put yeah. in scenes where I explain, explain things that everyone knows. Yeah. Works or... You did that a lot, didn't you? Mm. A bit, yes, but it doesn't just change its colour. It can change from a police box to a tree, for instance. Uh. Really? But how? Dunno. Not not sure. I knew once, but that must have been over a hundred years ago, and the memory's not too good. Anyway, all I know is it works, and that's all I need to know. (laughs) Are you trying to fix it, then? Do you think you can fix it? Don't see why not. Did before. <laughs> the thing is, I think I think Doctor Who in this script has a Colville accent, so it's difficult to do <laughs> it, it is, as Tom it, Baker. It, it is, yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't know, not sure. Um, so what, he, he, he's no idea how it works, but he thinks, how it, he's but he thinks he can it, fix it. Yeah. Only it didn't quite work. It, um, anyway, that's another story. Yeah, that's not fixing either. <laughs> failing to yeah, fix that is, that is the opposite of fixing. Yeah. And I have yeah, always... in other words, yes, I did it in another story that yeah, yeah. Howard liked when he saw it, and so he copied it. Yes, and mentioned it. And I've almost finished, you know. I'm not surprised. You've been at it for three days now. Well, I've been waiting for you to ask what I'm doing. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Actually, I finished two days ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, Doctor, but I didn't want to disturb you. Basically, he's saying, right? Tom yeah. Baker Doctor is saying <laughs> that he's been lying <laughs> on the floor yeah. under his console for two days, Three waiting days. for... Oh, yeah. No, but like since he finished, two days. Waiting... For Jamie to say, oh, Doctor, what you're doing? Mm. <laughs> That's my understanding of how Doctor Who worked. Is yeah. that like Doctor only ever does stuff when people ask him? I'm sorry, Doctor, but I didn't want to disturb you. That's why I didn't ask. Oh, never mind. He gets up, <laughs> turning Scottish himself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, never, oh, never mind. mind. Oh, never mind. Anyhow, we'll be landing any second now. The console slowly stops rising and falling. There, see, we've landed. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay, now I am going to open the door by pulling this lever. I am pulling the lever. <laughs> the lever is pulled. <laughs> ah, look, the door is open. I'm walking through it. Yes. We see an alleyway full of dustbins and rubbish. Uh, suddenly, a wheelie bin materialises. Seconds later, the lid flips open and the doctor climbs out. Oh, it's the TARDIS. John follows him. John looks amazed. Doctor, will you warn me next time when some stairs are going to appear in the TARDIS? Mm. Especially evil stairs. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, he doesn't say that. No. I did not know myself. Anyhow, they had to materialise. How else were we going to get out? I think I preferred the police box. The Doctor shuts the lid of the TARDIS and locks it. Suddenly it blurs and changes into a lamppost. Mm. Can you explain that? Looks and points at the lamppost. <laughs> Case is any doubt. Yeah. Uh, no, never mind. Let's go shopping. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, Good, excellent line. Uh, no, ne- never mind. Let's go shopping. I want to get a hat. I'm sure we're in London somewhere. They walk off. They pass a poster. It reads, <laughs> New Breakthrough in Satellite TV. Oh, that must mean something. Right, so the Aranthrans have arrived on Earth for some reason and Doctor Who has arrived on Earth to do some shopping. (laughs) Yeah. And meanwhile, we see a group of three people. One is a man dressed in a suit and has a flower in his button. (laughs) Not in his buttonhole. (laughs) In his button. And the other two carry guns around their waists. (laughs) That's a weird way to carry guns. What kind of weird gun is what kind of weird future gun is that? Where it's shaped like a belt. Um they are his bodyguards. Okay. They walk down a street to a building with the name Aranthran Satellite TV. <laughs> because they're undercover. <laughs> they enter. We see the inside of the building. <laughs> Uh-huh. Surprise! <laughs> it is well designed. <laughs> Although there's no hyphen, so I think it actually means it is well designed. Yeah. Um, the group yeah. go up to a desk. <laughs> such, such detail. <laughs> Using their feet. On their feet, they've got shoes. Uh, no, the group go up to a desk. Oh dear. Where an evil-looking girl sits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a brilliant image! 
Ah, you you look slightly evil. Oh no, I'm normal. Oh Jesus! What I mean? What is that? What is that? Yeah, what, yeah casting, mind? casting. We're gonna need an evil-looking girl. Got to be like wearing a witch's hat or what? Yeah, what is yeah, that? I think yeah. so. He's got like blacked-out teeth. That's yeah. evil, isn't it? All right. So where they walk up to a desk uh, where an evil-looking girl sits. Mm. Uh, the man in the suit is. Sir John Caulfield, another John. Oh, right, so you've got John the Companion and Sir John. Yeah, I probably didn't realise that. <laughs> I probably figured that out halfway through. I love the name so much. <laughs> Everyone's called John. And the Doctor used to call himself John Smith as well. Yeah. Right? So he's John too. Um, Sir John. Young lady, I demand to see the president of this corporation. He has a lot of explaining to do. All right, so she's evil. I'm sorry, but Mrs... Emphasis on the missus, that's in brackets. Mrs. Amantha is unavailable at the moment. I'm fucking right on, me. I'm right yeah, on. You are well right on. Well, you were. You're not anymore. Right. Don't give me any of that rubbish. I know she's in here somewhere. I'm going to find her. How does he know she's in there? He didn't even know she was a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making a lot of leaps of, uh, <laughs> leaps of faith here. Okay, may I have your name then, please? Sir John. What will I use? Sir, Sir John Caulfield. I'll just see if I can fit you in tonight. We'll always leave space for important people. She takes out a black book from a drawer, looks and studies it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then she writes in it. <laughs> yes, we have a place. It is in five hours at half past seven. So if you'd like to come back then, sir. Why, yes. Oh, he's compliant all of a sudden. Very kind and helpful you are. He is flattered. By what? Maybe a big rock lands on him. <laughs> okay. Flatter him, a it? big rock, rock lands on him and flatters him. Oh, uh, yes, well, goodbye, he says from under the rock. <laughs> um, Sir John leaves. Yes. His bodyguards follow. Mm. Uh, as soon as he is gone, the secretary picks up a phone and presses a button on it. After a moment, she speaks. <laughs> we have a troublemaker. Ah. We see the doctor and John. Caulfield or... Just, I think, regular, regular John. John. Regular yeah. John, Yeah. Walking down a street, they pass a newspaper stand which reads, Famous scientist dies at home. Reason of death, quite unknown. Quite so, unknown. Yeah, yeah, because apparently um, in this world, uh, headlines rhyme. <laughs> yeah. All headlines must be rhyming couplets. And they're long and useless. Yeah. The Doctor and Co arrive at a cinema. It's just, it's just John. Why have you abbreviated John to Co? <laughs> The Doctor and Co arrive at a cinema. Because <laughs> it doesn't mean company, it means companion. companion. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, how about this then? He looks up at the cinema. Great, but when's the next showing? Well, they're going to the cinema. Yeah. I thought they were going shopping. Let's go and find out, shall we? I guess they've been shopping. The Doctor walks off into the cinema. John follows. They pass another newspaper stand. A sign reads, Scientist Professor Harrison dies at phone. Reason. Reason unknown. Well, you've tipexed something out here, so it just says reason, but there was a word underneath there. But, but it must have said unknown, but then and you it thought... rhymes again. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I'll just get rid of the word unknown for some reason. Because the word's unknown, you see. Yeah. That's why. So, Sir John Caulfield went to Aranthran TV, mm -hmm. and an evil secretary <laughs> phoned someone to sort him out, Ooh. and now... We see the two bodyguards deliver Sir John to his house. <laughs> Sir John gets out of the box and goes in, and the bodyguards wait outside. We see Sir John in his house. He has a portable radio cassette recorder, Sir John. He puts a tape in. 
really imagining this really opulent <laughs> lifestyle here. Sir John Caulfield has a tape recorder, like the Philips Roller, what I've got free <laughs> yeah. off of cereal. Yeah. The doctor goes to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> and shopping yeah. in 1990. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah he puts a tape in, then switches it on. Soft classical music begins to play. There, he's posh. Um, on his Philips roller, mm. and Sir John sits down and closes his eyes to listen to the music. Mm. We see it is quite dark. We see the cinema. The Doctor and John come out. Great, wasn't it, Doctor? If you like that type of thing. Personally, I've always liked the creatures from the planet Kazat. In fact, the ones in the film were nothing like the real thing. <laughs> you mean there really is a planet called Kazat? Sure is. <laughs> anyway, it was only made up. Us Earthlings don't know that Kazat exists. And if we did, I'm sure there wouldn't be a film called Nasties from the Planet Kazat. He's cut off. <laughs> I think the Doctor just stabbed him. <laughs> Good. Don't know how you talked me into seeing such rubbish anyhow. <laughs> As I was saying... We wouldn't call them nasty if we knew what they were really like. We'd call them nasty. <laughs> oh, do be quiet, John. Come on, back to the TARDIS. Mm. So soon? Yes. Now, don't dawdle. Mm. <laughs> the Doctor walks off and John follows. We see Sir John. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Still listening to music oh. and with his eyes closed. Ah. We see the Doctor and John. So that was a cutaway scene just to show that Sir John's still listening to music and nothing's happened to him. We see the Doctor and John, regular John. They arrive at the place where they left the TARDIS. It is in the shape of a television set. Oh, great. How are we supposed to fit in through the door? As if to answer his question, the television set blurs and in its place is a red mini. Ah, much better. He pats the mini on its top. There is suddenly a streak of blue light which passes very near the Doctor and John. We see the house of Sir John. The blue light is aimed at it. We see the inside of the house. The blue light touches the radio. And then it is gone. The radio begins to stir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for stirring my tea. I have some sugar, please. Uh, we see the Doctor and John getting over their shock. <laughs> yeah. Hey, help me over this shock. <laughs> What was that? That what? Hang on, okay, okay, hang on. Oh, good. Is it, have I come up with a thing? No. Oh, okay. I don't know what you've done. I, <laughs> it's going to be very difficult to read. I just want to prepare myself. Oh, okay. Here comes the scene. What was that? That was, um, we. <laughs> we? <laughs> yes, well, that's what it did. Oh, yeah. I think it went, we. Or something, maybe. But I mean, he says we. It's got the word we with lots of e's on it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm way ahead of Moffat This is timey-wimey, it isn't is, it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it says if you can't be bothered to explain something, just have the Doctor be kind of quirky. Yeah. In other words, you haven't got a clue what it was. Well, I wouldn't put it like that. I know one thing about it. It isn't from Earth in this year. It was very much alien. Mm. We see the house of Sir John. Inside, the radio slowly begins to lift from the ground. Mm. It begins to move towards Sir John. Suddenly, it attacks and swings at him, hitting him on the head. Luckily, Sir John is not hurt too badly. Oh. He quickly gets away from the radio so that it can't reach him. Ah. Sir John has a look of horror on his face. He sighs when the radio cannot reach him. The radio takes several swings at him. Then, knowing it can't get him this way, begins to pull its plug away from the socket. Okay, that's what's been holding him back. Didn't mention that. So Sir John calls his bodyguards. 
Simon, Dave, come here quickly, please. So John turns around and sees that his radio has been released from the socket and the plug is held in front of it like a head. It attacks and the plug hits Sir John in the stomach. An electrical blue current covers all of Sir John's body. Quickly, the radio goes back to its original place as Sir John slumps to the floor. Seconds later, the bodyguards enter. One kneels down to Sir John's body and checks for a pulse. He looks up at the other, whose name is Dave, and says... Better get the police and the ambulance. I'm afraid he's dead. (laughs) Dead? He's amazed. That's in brackets. He's amazed. (laughs) Dave is amazed. That's a stage direction. Dave is amazed. (laughs) Well, everyone's favourite character, Sir John Caulfield, (laughs) is dead because a cassette player murdered him. (laughs) But meanwhile... We see the Doctor and John in the uh, in the alley. John is leaning against a wall. I think it's meant. I think it's meant to say wardrobe. Oh, all right. But it is spelt. Now try and picture this in your mind. W a d r b e. Wadrabe. Yeah, that's a wadrabe. Wadrabe with with a very massive uh, lack of vowels. So he is leaning against a (laughs) wadrabe, which is rapidly turning into a bed. After it is fully transformed, John sits down on it. He is looking quite annoyed with the doctor. But what what I don't understand is why you have to stay. I have told you a million times. Five. Yes, Um. well, I want to find out what that ray was. It could be a threat to the entire human race. How can you tell that from a single measly blue streak of light? Oh, do shut up. <laughs> I'm Stephen Moffat. All these characters, all they ever do is tell each other to yeah. shut up. Now then, which way did it go? Let me see. He brings a black box from his pocket, stares at it for a while, then exclaims, This way! The doctor walks off and John climbs off a blurring bed and quickly follows after him. I invented the sonic screwdriver there. Look, you see that black box? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's just a sonic box driver. Mm. Uh, we see the Aranthran control room. Two Aranthrans are in here. It's a, it's a catchy name. I mean, like, you know, like Dalek. It's so like, you know, Aranthran. Yeah, that's going to catch on, definitely. The la- where's the Lady Amantha? That's what I want to know. Yeah, that's a good name. Uh, one picks up a type of phone. They speak into it. Objective achieved. Sir John annihilated. Ooh. Aranthra A says. We see Sir John inside of house. We see his body lying on the floor. All dead and shit. Yeah. Slowly, it disintegrates. There is nothing left. Simon walks in and sees the body is gone. He stares on in amazement. We see the Doctor and John walking down a street. Suddenly, a police car and ambulance whiz past. That's it! The Doctor points to the police and ambulance and runs after it. What's it? John says to himself. John stares after the Doctor and runs after him. We see the Doctor and John arrive at the house of Sir John. They walk up the drive. Scintillating TV this would have made. (laughs) Yeah. The police car and ambulance are here. It's at least as good as Doctor Who stories used to be. Especially episode one. They were so boring. Nothing ever happened. (laughs) The door to the house is open. The Doctor walks straight in. John, however, looks around first and then slowly enters. We see a policeman in the house. He is questioning Simon and Dave. Uh, All right. Hello, hello, hello. Um, (laughs) So, which one of you found the body? Uh, He'd only just died. He was shouting at us and we arrived and he was dead. Yes, uh, do you say the body vanished? The doctor walks in. Vanished, are you sure? And uh, who are you, sir? I am the doctor, and this is my assistant, John. 
he points behind him, but John's not there. <laughs> Who's your assistant, John? He looks over the doctor's shoulder. What? What the shit? <laughs> I can see no one else. The doctor turns around and oh. sees John has gone. Um, must be investigating. <laughs> I think we'll leave the investigating to our policemen, not your nurses. Mm. <laughs> Do you? Oh, I am the doctor, okay, yeah, all right. Mm. Really? Mm, yes. Now, you, he looks at Simon. Uh, me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well then, did you see a blue beam come this way? <laughs> yeah, I did. Shot straight through the window, it did. God, I was surprised. Never seen nothing like it <laughs> in my whole life. <laughs> Anything, he corrects him. He corrected Davis. He said, no, I've never seen nothing like it. Oh, right. Eh? You'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> oh, um, yep. I'd never seen anything like it in my whole life. Very good. Uh, yes, it is all very well having pronunciation lessons, but pronunciation. but a man, a man is missing and dead. <laughs> You're not pronouncing anything correctly. That's not how you pronounce anything. That's not how you pronounce it. Nothing, which is a diff. That is wrong. It's so so mispronounced. Yes. It sounds like a different word. Yes, it's all very well having pronunciation lessons, uh, but a man is missing and dead. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> he is missing and dead. <laughs> well, they don't know that he's it's dead. It's the other way round. He, he said, I think he said he was dead and then he disappeared. Yeah, but they don't know better. They said. can't prove he's dead if he's disappeared. I mean, yeah, they, no. So they only got their word to go on. And really, I have to find out the cause of death. It might have been murder. <laughs> Why else would the body get stolen? Hmm. Oh, yes, it is certainly murder. But I don't think that the body will have been stolen. That beam I saw, well, it was definitely a primitive type of life. In disintegration, Ray. What? (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely a primitive type of life in disintegration, Ray. Life in disintegration, Ray, is in, like, speech marks. So it's a primitive type of life in disintegration, Ray, okay? And we uh, talk, you mean do, do, do. <laughs> Well, if you just get inside my he portal watch, I'll show you. <laughs> and what may I ask is one of those, sir? Good question. Mm. Well, well, mm. it's a mixture of a life ray and a disintegration oh, ray. Oh, yeah, it is. What's a life ray? Mm, I don't know. Find out. Really? And in what? In that case, what has the life ray got to do with it? <laughs> and got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't, it says ain't. <laughs> ant got a clue. Well, maybe we better ask the ant then. <laughs> yes, here is my ant. Ant got a clue. Ant got a clue. What do you think happened? Explain Un- to explain to everybody, including me, what Un- a life ray is. Unfortunately, I do not speak ant. Because the, 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 poli- the policeman seems, seems to, to know what one is. What has the life ray got to do? They knew what when it uses, but what's he going to do with disintegration, Mister Doctor? You and got a clue. That's the reply. Yeah. Dave says, "Hello, haven't." Corrects the doctor. Ah. Oh. Back, you see, hilarious. Doctor smiles. Yes, I haven't got a clue. Well, Mister Policeman, have any other unexplained deaths occurred recently? Uh, well, uh, yes, there's the case of that Professor Arison. He died unexpectedly, uh, but I'm sure you've heard of that already. No, I have not. But there are posters all over the town about it. Right. You know, uh, trying to sell newspapers with the best headline. Oh, I think that's a bit of a joke. 
He said they uh, posted all over town trying to sell newspapers with the best headline because they've had competitive headlines. Yeah. Really? Well, I haven't been here that long. Where's John? Oh, John walks into the room unnoticed. I didn't, think, I didn't notice that. It's weird. Yeah. I saw a poster outside the cinema, Doctor. Hmm. Oh, hello, John. Hey. <laughs> Where have you been? Toilet. Okay. Oh, well, then, everybody, this is John, my assistant. He's just taken a shift. <laughs> hello, I'm Dave. Shakes hands with John. Hello, Simon's the name. He shakes hands with John. <laughs> <laughs> and I am PC Wilkinson. Hey. Pleased to meet you, I think. Oh. Well, then. <laughs> tell <laughs> Good scene. <laughs> Tell me about the death of Mr. Harrison, um, P.C. Wilkins' son. It was strange, really. He was as fit as a fiddle, yet the only explanation for his death could be a heart attack. <laughs> he was on the phone when he died. Uh, we're still asking the person he was on the phone to if there was anybody to come forward. <laughs> really? <laughs> Tell me, did he have any enemies? It's spelled with an I. Enemies. Enemies. Enemies, yeah. Well, if you want to know, I suggest you see his secretary, Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson. Exciting scene. That'll she kept She kept uh, book. Uh, with all his enemies. <laughs> right, people. People are getting dead. Mm. People are getting dead and vanished. <gasps> all right, they're wow. dying, then disappearing. But don't worry, because Doctor Who is on the case. Hooray! But elsewhere, the Aranthrans are up to something. We see the Aranthran control room. Two Aranthrans are in here. They are working <laughs> at computers. After some time... Will you open Aranthran door one or Aranthran door two? <laughs> After some time, a door opens and a tall lady... <laughs> it doesn't say that. It does. And a tall lady dressed in rich clothing enters. Rich clothing. Yeah. <laughs> Her clothing's got bags of money. <laughs> yeah. Her clothing then goes shopping <laughs> and Leaving, buys a car. Leaving her all tall and naked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The two Aranthrans stop their work stand. <laughs> what? I think they're missing comma again. Stop their work, stand, stand. and curtsy to her. One of them speaks. Greetings, Lady Amantha. What is the purpose of your visit? Uh, all right, Lady Amantha. Yeah, yeah, I know, Jockey Joe. <laughs> it is good that Sir John is out of the way. You do your jobs well, but the death of <laughs> Professor Harrison has aroused his companion's suspicions. <laughs> Find the name of his companion quickly. We see the Doctor and John waiting by a desk. After a while, a girl comes along. Yeah. It is the secretary of Professor Harrison and Professor Wood. She is called Rachel Robinson. Okay. <laughs> That's the name of the girl. Rachel. That's the name of the girl I dated when I was like 12. Well, Doctor, I've checked his diary. <laughs> he had just been to the Aranthran satellite offices. Mm. They're a TV firm, you know. Yes, I know. He's been there. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes, I know he's been there. <laughs> but did he say anything about it? Well, he kept going on about the metal used to make something or other. Apart from that, I can't tell you anything. But he most definitely didn't have any enemies. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to find out more, Doctor, then I suggest you see his partner, Professor Wood. Professor Wood, eh? Yes, I will. <laughs> Is that a joke? <laughs> Professor Wood, I will. <laughs> Can you tell me where to find him? Here, I'll write it down for you. She scribbles an address and gives it to the doc. Thank you, you've been very helpful. Come on, John, we're going to see Mr. Wood. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. 
The Doctor and John start to leave. I don't mind. I don't mind leaving, <laughs> uh, leaving a scene really, really, really late, do I? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give you his number. Or having I'll just write scene. it down. Yeah. Here is me writing it down. I'm handing to you. Here you Thank are. you for giving Thank it you. to me. Now I will leave. Yeah. That's what he says. I'm isn't going it? to this door now. Uh, yes, <laughs> I am opening. <laughs> well, well opened, Doctor Who. <laughs> yes, I've I've done it before. You know. Yeah, it is not my first mm. door handle. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're about to return to the Aranthran. Okay, and in the last Aranthran scene, Lady Amantha asked Aranthran A to find the name of Professor Harrison's companion, and quickly. We see the Aranthran control room, and the Lady Amantha is still waiting for a name. What? Professor Wood. Ah. Good, you will eliminate him. Yes, Lady Amantha. So the Aranthrans are actually a race of evil women. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Mm. Lady Amantha leaves the control room and the two Aranthrans set to work. We see the Doctor and John. They are on a bus. Oh, <laughs> the bus scene. stops and they get off. Brilliant scene. <laughs> they walk up a driveway. Hey, Doctor Who, <laughs> we're on a bus. <laughs> yes, it goes forwards and yeah. stuff. And ring the doorbell of a house. Inside the house, a man is using a hairdryer on his <laughs> wet hair. Yeah, hairdryer. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about this spitting hairdryer. He does not hear the doorbell. Outside, the doctor rings the doorbell a lot more. Suddenly, a blue beam passes them overhead. They both duck. The beam (laughs) goes through a window of the house. The doctor watches it. Quickly, we've got to get in there. Inside the house, the blue beam hits the hairdryer. The hairdryer breaks free of Professor Wood. It swings at him and fire shoots from its nozzle, covering the professor. He falls to the floor, screaming. Outside the house, John has just managed to kick the door down. Mm. He and the doctor quickly enter and search for Professor Wood. They hear the screaming. (laughs) Upstairs! The two run up the stairs and crash into the professor's bedroom to see a dead body. (laughs) Still burning slightly. Suddenly, the body disintegrates. The hairdryer is nowhere to be seen. The third! Ah, but is it? The third? The third. The third. The third. Oh, third. The third. Okay, death. Ah, but is it? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, the body of Professor Harrison is still intact. So you think he was just murdered? So you think he was just regular murdered? (laughs) And it was nothing to do with this death? He points at the gone body. exactly what it says and the best thing is that you've gone is underlined and in bold so as he points at the gone body oh good brilliant so he points at the gone body (laughs) (laughs) well either that or it went wrong first time which in that case i can tap into the professor's mind and imprint the last thing he saw i'll know how he died come on no time to waste but what about him um, I mean, not him. Hey. He points to where the body was, you can say at this time. Hey, but isn't anymore because he's yeah, gone. Because it's a gone body. The Doctor and John leave. We see the hairdryer come out from hiding. Mm. It looks around, <laughs> sees that its work is done, yeah, and work? drops to the ground, dead. Uh, we see the Aranthran control room. There are two Aranthrans in here. Oh. One picks up the strange phone and speaks into it. <laughs> Objective achieved. Professor Wood eliminated. We see the Doctor and John arrive at Sir John's house. PC Wilkinson is still here. Ah, Doctor, find out anything useful? Yes, 
Professor Wood is dead. Mm. What? Yeah, we saw him disintegrate. But enough of that. Could we see the body of Mr. Harrison? You actually witnessed the disintegration? Yes. Now, can we see Mr. Harrison? Uh, yes. Uh, just let me inform the station and we'll pay a visit to the prof. We see the PC phone back to the station on his walkie-talkie. After some time, he puts it away and walks over to the doctor. See, I've, I've entirely skipped the necessity for the doctor to have to pretend to be anyone important or have any of that stuff. I'm like, I don't even want psychic yeah. paper. I don't need that. Yeah, just policeman yeah. believes him. Yeah, just, of course. Doctor, yeah, you tell him do what you want. You'll be wanted for questioning, Doctor. Um, Doctor Who? The Doctor says. Smith! John Smith! <laughs> and the policeman Yay. wonderfully says, Bye, what a lot of Johns. <laughs> well, Doctor Smith, come on, we'll go and see the Professor now. The Doctor, John and PC Wilkinson leave the room. We see a room. Do you think that jo- PC Wilkinson's first name is John? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> PC John. PC John Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Hmm. And Aranthran 1 is actually called John Aranthran. <laughs> yeah. They should be called um, the Johns from the planet John, shouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> we are the Johns. Yeah. Lady John. <laughs> what do you think? No, she should be Lady On. Yeah. <laughs> Lady On of the Johns. <laughs> That's why she's special. So they leave the room. We see a room. It is a giant telescopic room. Mm. <laughs> There's no such thing as a telescopic room. <laughs> I think it means a room with a telescope It does, because the next line says, a great big telescope sticks out of the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Great big. (laughs) 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 You really understand stuff. (laughs) Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat down to every night But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba dub What's writer in the world? 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. Mm. If you're in the secret gang, if you support us on Patreon, then this week we have released chapter two of our brand new Gret Binchleaf adventure, which unusually is called Steve Crabs and the Adventure of Making Crabs Go Big. <laughs> and it's so new, it even has its own new theme tune, which sounds a bit like this. He likes his crabs, he likes his crabs, he's going to tell you about crabs, then he'll tell you one more thing about crabs. He knows more than a hundred crabs. He's very interested in crabs, Steve Crabs. Crab enlarger, he won't charge you. His crab inflating service is for free. He does it happily. He's called Steve Crabsleaf, called Steve Crabsleaf, called Steve Crabsleaf, called Steve Crabsleaf. Join the gang on patreon.com forward slash man by cow and get access to this and much, much more immediately. <sighs> bye bye, milk. Go buy some milk. He's a stupid, suck ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.